Would you please remain standing just for a moment? If you have a Bible with you, I'd like to read you Psalm 46. It'll be on the screen as well. And any time during the reading of this psalm, if you like to say amen, amen means so be it. I agree. That's part of my life. That will happen. That is true. All of those things. If you feel so inclined, please make that your worship expression. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give away and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her and she will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. You know, nations are in uproar and kingdoms fall. For he lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he's brought on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. And he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted amongst the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let's thank God for the reading of his word. Thank you if you're a guest to be with us. It's our privilege to host you today and regular people who come to KT. Please take your seats. Thank you for being here today. I want to ask you a question and also encourage you this week. What is your, and I'm going to say bedrock statement or foundation statement or or core belief that you're operating out of? What an incredible week in our nation that we have had. We have seen the change of government, and yet that has gone off the news cycle after the tragic news of the loss of the head of state, Queen Elizabeth. With the passing of the Queen, many feel that the the constant has gone out of our lives. And yet, some of you may not feel like that, It may not be as big a deal to you as it is to others, but actually, at least I think we can all agree that something's changed. Something has changed in the nation. Something's changing in our world. It's been happening for a while. It's been happening over the summer. It's been happening. Things are changing. 
The Archbishop of Canterbury said this week that it, the death of the Queen has made us question what's permanent. Now, of course, the Queen, being a great believer, never felt that herself was the permanent source of things. She was completely committed to the truths of our faith. In her 2001 Christmas speech, she simply said this, the simplicity of the Christmas story makes it universally appealing, simple happenings that form the starting point of Jesus, and we've celebrated a baby today. A man whose teachings has been handed down from generation to generation and have been the bedrock of my faith. Many of us say, and, and people almost say to me often, oh, I'm really good with change, I'm okay with change. And uh, I kind of smile because change happens in several ways and what most people think of, oh, I'm good with change, is the good change that happens in our lives. When we feel our lives are progressing and we feel that things are going well for us, uh, having a, a baby on the way, and you might have a baby on the way today, and God bless you, we pray for safety and love over your pregnancy. And, or, or getting a new job, or, or having some sort of progress and promotion or, or so on. And, and in those times of change, the good changes that happen to us, we are to be humble and thankful because everything comes from the Lord. And then there's the times of change that are inevitable change, and we've experienced that this week when something that is out of our control just happens, and it's going to happen, and it is happening, and yet we have to adjust to the new reality. And in that type of change, we know that some things don't change. The Lord says, I am the Lord, I change not. Your sense of who you are doesn't need to turn as the world turns, that there are some things with us even in the times of these change. The Word of God is eternal. The righteousness of Christ doesn't change. The hope that we have that we've been singing about today doesn't change. And so in these inevitable changes, don't get caught up in that. Understand there are some things that are not changing and won't change. And we have an anchor for our souls. And then there's the changes that others ask us to join in with them by and, and we have to relearn some things and, you know, we have to buy into an idea or something. And in these times of change, it's for us to say, Lord, would you renew my mind and see what my place is in that. But here's what I've learned. Change is difficult for everyone. As much as you say to yourself, you know what, I, I'm okay with change, change is hard. And things have changed in our nation, are changing in our nation. But one of the things that we see that the queen had in this times of change, think of the world that she inherited. You know, I don't know about you, but she, she became queen even before the Commodore 64 computer. Now, now, for some of you, you don't even know what I'm talking about. And the ones who are laughing, they're the old people, okay, <laughs> that, that knew the Commodore 64 and, and, and thought, wow, this is amazing. 
I was more of a spectrum man myself, but that's another story. My iPhone, and there are other phones on the market, I just need to say that, my iPhone is much more powerful than a thousand Commodore 64s. And there's going to be some geek now on the internet going, oh no, a thousand Commodore 64 is much powerful than a... Did I just say the word geek? Did that come out loud? I thought it was in my head. The Queen had something that in all the times of change and the, the world that we've inherited now that is so different, she had something that she'd made her mind upon, that she had centered on. And if you want to navigate change, you have to have some foundations, some, some bedrock statements, some core beliefs. When she was 21, she said this, I declare before you and all that my whole life, whether it be long or whether it be short, will be devoted to service. She had something in her life that said, I've already decided this. Even when it gets bad, I've decided this. And let's face it, she has had some bad things happen. Jesus was in a village one day, and the Samaritan village rejected him. And of course, a couple of his enthusiastic, falsely enthusiastic disciples said, oh, let's call down fire on them. And uh, Jesus, having put them straight and showed love to that family, he, the Bible says, um, or to that village, the Bible says that he turned, and you can see this in Luke chapter 9, verse 51, 52, he says, he set his face like a flint, or the NIV says, resolutely towards Jerusalem. He decided something. He decided that no matter what happens, no matter, no matter what goes on, I've got a firm foundation, a core belief. In her coronation before millions of people, she said, God help me make good my vow and bless you all who are willing to share in it. There's some core things she, that we all need, and there's some bedrock things, foundation things that we can rely on. And I wonder if you've got a bedrock in your life. I know that many of you are a Christian audience, but I wonder how, how firm is your foundation? Yeah, you can see it. That out of the bedrock beliefs of your life, your behaviors will come. The things that you really believe, that's where you'll act out of. If your bedrock about, or your foundation about Jesus is small, that you think, you think his plans for you are small, or, or you think church is small, or you think the idea of faith is small, you will act small. If it's just about a kind of routine and, a, and, a, and an oppression about a religion, it, it will be small for you. But if you can have a foundation belief that sees that the Lord has large plans for you and great things for you, then your behavior and your faith will become large and well. It will flow into the large and deeper place in God. So I wonder whether your foundation is this little thing that you hold on to that's a little fossil that isn't alive. And remember we talked about living stones a while ago that or whether or not your faith is large and founded well. Peter made a bedrock statement, a foundation statement, in a, in a place called Caesarea Philippi where they celebrated the, uh, Pan, who was a, a man, a god who became a man, uh, excuse me, a man who became a god in Greek mythology. But there, 
we see that they, G, Peter gets a revelation of Christ where he says, you're the son of the living God. It was revealed to him. And we celebrate the man who became a God. The God, excuse me, who became a man in that place. But Peter made this statement and, and Jesus said, on this bedrock statement that you believe that I am the Messiah, the son of the living God, I will build my church. You see, you've got to have some foundations in your life. There's got to be some core statements. And we all make statements that, that help us, beliefs that, that, that we act out of. And I want to kind of encourage you today a lot with a bedrock statement. I'm going to ask you to say it out loud in a moment. But you know, some of our beliefs become strongholds because they are Beliefs that actually are, are damaging us. We, we get our stronghold beliefs that need breaking from three sources, really. There could be a crystallizing event in your life that's traumatic, and because of that, you spend the rest of your life reacting to it and believing that anything similar is going to do you in. And you begin to behave differently, and that needs to be broken. We get false beliefs or core statements or foundations from, from soul ties with people that have given us value at one point but then broken that trust or, or we feel that we're overly dependent on somebody to get our value from and, and that belief becomes actually a stranglehold and stronghold in our lives and that needs to be broken. I wonder who you are soul tied with. We can respect and honor and love and admire people and be in relationship with people but they cannot give you your value. They can only breathe into it. And then there are times when some of us have got father wounds in our lives that people who we loved and respected have somehow broken that. And, and that belief that everybody like that person is somehow not to be trusted. And we need, we need to kind of break that. So you may have some core foundations in your life that are not actually helping you. But we need to come to a place where we're not following those, but they're actually building the right foundations in our life because in these times that we are in, we are going to need faith, bedrock, things that don't turn when the world is turning. I wonder if you could say out loud with me a bedrock faith statement Psalm 46, verse 1 says this, God is our refuge. Would you say that? God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. That's a foundation. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way, and think if you were in Pakistan right now. Think if you were a Christian in Pakistan right now reading this verse. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. You see, unless you build a strong foundation and really believe whatever happens, then your life can be blown away with circumstances. And so in this difficult week that we have, I wonder if you could... Just take a step back and say, God, renew, restore, 
my foundations. Some, some little understandings. The word here where it says, God is my refuge, it meant that there was a shelter, not just from the storm, but it also in the Hebrew, it means that it's a filter from the false ideas that come when that storm comes. Let me give you an example. Remember the disciples, they were in a storm, and Jesus is asleep at the, in the other side of the boat, in the back of the boat. And, and actually, do you hear what they said to him? Here's, here's Jesus, who they've seen do amazing things and heard his teachings, and they said, Lord, don't you care that we drown? And you see, one of the false beliefs is that in a storm, God doesn't care. I want to say to you, silence does not mean absence. If God's silent, it doesn't mean he's not there. And you see, one of the things that we need to understand is when the storm hits, and, and surely in the next few, this next season, there will be some upheaval around us. We have to begin to say, well, that doesn't mean that God doesn't care. It means we're going through a storm. The word here, trouble, means constraint, to mold you into something that you're not. You know, everything that the enemy sends your way or the trouble that you get into is trying to mold you into a different way of thinking. And doesn't uh, Romans chapter 12 say, do not be conformed to the pattern or the mold of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. You see, in this season, we have to think different. We have to dig into our faith. And so today, I want to just go through this psalm with you and just lay at your feet and maybe at your heart some approaches to finding God as your for fortress. You see, the psalmist opens up and says that even though the, the mountains quake and they're surging, there is a river whose streams and make glad the city of God. And what he does is he's aware of trouble and he's aware of things, but he's centered on something else. And if you're going to make it through storms, you have to find your true center and see a different alternative. Here the psalmist seems a different reality to focus on. He says, yeah, this is all going on, but I know there's a city whose builder and maker is God, and I know that there is something different than all that this is happening. Remember Paul said, forgetting the things that are behind, I'm straining to what is ahead, I press on. I wonder if it's time that instead of centering on everything that's on around you, that you begin to center on what God is saying to you and some of the things that you really know are true. If you're going to find God as a fortress, not only do you center on something else, but you've got to hear something else. You know, you've got to tune in to a different sound. The psalmist said, the nations are in uproar there's a lot of noise and the, there's tumult all around and kingdoms fall. But he lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. He's hearing something else. Rather than everything and having everything filtered through. Have you got a chat group at work? And I don't mean online, but you know, you hang around the coffee machine and it's, did you hear about that? 
You'll never guess what. What, 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 what. You need to hear something else. Amen? I don't know about you, but wow. How much TV have you watched this week? Come on, be honest. We've all watched a lot of TV, haven't we? We've been swamped with the media, and you know, God bless them for what they do. But you know, Kathy, have been, Kathy and I have been there. We've been going, oh wow, he, he's walking down the steps of the plane. And you know, Kathy's saying, yeah, he's walking down the steps of the plane. Oh, he's shaking somebody's hand. He's shaking somebody's hand. You know, and also, you know, when Liz Truss was, was kind of the, you know, followed her car. I, they came past the front here, and I was watching the route they took, and I thought, that's not the route I would take. And then I kicked into, you know, man mode and thinking, well, I wouldn't have gone there and all of that stuff. And they probably had their reasons. But we, we've all been swamped with the media coverage, and we, we have to watch and filter our opinions. We've got to hear something different. And be sure that our inputs are are really what God wants us to hear. If you're going to find God as your fortress, you've got to hear something different. And I, I hear a different sound. I hear a loving God who's saying, I'm with you, Mark. We can do this. How about you? You see, if you're going to find God as your fortress... We've also got to see something different and see a different set of actions. In the psalmist, he said, come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he's brought uh, on the earth, he makes wars to cease and, and church. I don't think we should stop praying for the end of the Ukraine war. I know it's off the news cycle and I know things are turning there. We have to pray that that ceases. Can you join with me in that? Can we be faithful? He breaks the brow and shatters the spear and burns the shields with fire. You see, we're seeing lots of things, but what do you see? You see, there are some people who say, well, I don't see God doing anything. I I know an old pastor once said, I I can't stop seeing God doing things. It's, what do you see? Do, Do you remember the... On the, on the passing of the queen, a really unusual thing happened that when she passed, in three simultaneous places, there was a rainbow at that exact moment. Did you not know that? Over Windsor Castle, over uh, Buckingham Palace, and over Balmoral, simultaneously, and you could see it on the TV. What do you see? What's God saying? God's saying, I'm with you in this storm. Remember my promises. You see, now, you've got to be able to see. You see, if you look for things always to be boring, they will be boring. Have you ever asked a teenager, how was school today? Boring. (laughs) Have you ever, you know... You know, when I was at school, I was in... I know you don't believe this. I was in the athletics team, and... And I just would just go and, you know, go about sport and just do it. And 
people would look at me and say, why do you do that? I'm not really interested in that. It's because I'd made a decision that I could see what it did for me. You see, some, some young people just, they, they look at God and God is so restrictive and, oh, I'd have to stop doing that, stop doing that. But if you'd only see what a large plan he's got for you and the forgiveness and love he's got for you, if you'd see something different, it would change in your eyes. Some people look at your hobbies and they go, oh, why do you do that? It's because you see something different. The Bible says this in Psalm 103, praise the Lord on my soul in all my innermost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord on my soul and forget not his benefits. Look what the Lord has done. You know, I lived in Tennessee and uh, it's like the buckle of the Bible belt in America and they got some real gospel songs. I'm just gonna resist the urge to speak in my American southern drawl y'all. And, you know, there's an old gospel song that said, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He changed my mind. And he saved me just in time. And some of you need to refocus again on what the Lord has done. And by the way, you know, that actually song means something to me because actually in the week that I became a Christian, there was a drug dealer down our street whose nickname was Jesus who tried to sell me drugs. And on the Sunday, I got saved and met the real Jesus. Look what the Lord has done. You've got to be able to see what he's done in your life. False Jesus, real Jesus, he saved me just in time. Just in time. And I wonder in our nation whether we're seeing a lot and analyzing a lot, whether we could say to ourselves, but look what the Lord has done. You see, you've got to not only center on something different. If you want to make God your fortress, you've got to hear something different. And maybe you need to filter out opinions and come at things fresh. We've got to see something different. But if you're going to make God your fortress, maybe it's really important right now that you settle into being still and to know that he is God. And in the original language in Hebrew, when it says, be still and know that I am God, it actually means stop striving. Stop trying to make something happen. Be still and know that I am God and I will be exalted amongst the nations of the earth. And, and maybe when these in, in inevitable events are on around us, that you know, when we think, I've got to make this happen, I've got to get this, I've got to do this, maybe you could just center on God and say, you know what, God, it's up to you. And, I, and as I was preparing this, I, I just felt like it's a word, I, I gave it in, in the first service, but I'm going to release it now to you, that I believe there's an opportunity sitting in front of somebody. I know that in a large crowd like that, that's not an unusual thing, but I just believe that God would say to you, stop striving to make that opportunity happen. It's not that it won't happen. Stop striving to make that opportunity happen because that opportunity is in God's hands. Can you receive that as a, as a kind of pastoral word to you? I wonder today whether or not if we just see the largeness of God, if we would just begin to say, well, in all this change in our nation, 
and all this change. You might have personal change. The, the change in the nation may not actually be something that you're into. But in your life right now, there's a number of change. I wonder if you could see that God is in control and he is large. You might want to follow along in your Bible, but if not, maybe, maybe could I read something over you if you wanted to close your eyes and just kind of worship along with me? I want to read you something from the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 10, if you want to follow along. But if you don't, that's fine. Just close your eyes and hear this. Hear this over your life. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power. And he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him. And his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. And he gathers the lambs in his arms. And he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Or which breath of his hand has marked out the heavens, breadth of his hand? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor? And whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him? And who taught him the right way? Who was it? that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? And of course, the answer to all those rhetorical questions is no one. No one. The Lord's in control. Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket and they're regarded as dust in the scales and he weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Can I speak to you today and say we serve a big God? And in the turning and changing world that we live in, we serve a big God who is still on the throne. He's the sovereign Lord. And in your world that's difficult and turning right now, in your heart that has many issues, we serve a big God, a sovereign God. You know, this psalm closes, and I'm going to close in just a moment with this, but it closes with this phrase. And I want to say to you, God is with us. Can we be with God? But it closes with this phrase, the Lord Almighty is with us. And that phrase, the Lord Almighty, is, is the Lord of hosts. It means that he's the Lord of angel armies, that, that he's the Lord of every supernatural power, that he has angels at his command. And, you know, a little hint of that is Jesus was, was being tried by Pilate, you know, and uh, and Pilate looks at Jesus and said, what is truth? And, and he said, you know, I've got the authority to, to uh, release you or to kill you. And Jesus looks at him uh, through his incarnation eyes and said, I can command thousands of angels right now. You have no power except what is given to you. And actually, Jesus right there was talking of the Lord as the Lord of hosts, the Lord of angel armies. That's who you serve. That's who's on your side. But I love this psalm because he, it closes with the Lord of Almighty, the, the angel armies is with us, the Lord of the angel armies. And then he says, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Do you remember Jacob? 
you know, I don't want to speak bad about anybody in the Bible. Or, well, apart from Ahab, he was just rotten. But when I think about Jacob, you know, he's, this, he's like this mummy's boy. He's a deceiver. You know, he's, he's kind of weak. He wants to take every shortcut. And God takes Jacob, who, let me say it kindly, he's a little bit shabby. And he makes him into a great nation. He takes Jacob, and through that man comes our Lord and Savior. God can do anything with your life. God can do anything with you if you're willing. God can can take your life and mold it. It will be hard work at times. It will be difficult. But God can shape you, mold you, because he's sovereign. He's not only the Lord of angel armies, but he's the God of the ones who are weak. And when he closes with that, the psalmist, and he, he just... He emphasizes the largeness of God, but also the personal of God, of how as an individual, he can do so much with you. So God is with you. It's time for you to press into him. And maybe you can stand with me just for a moment. And maybe this is the time. And maybe this is the season, not maybe definitely, that as a church, we pray a little bit stronger because our nation needs us. Our nation needs us to pray and intercede for it. And maybe you need to bring your prayer life up a level. But as well as all of that, perhaps this is a season where we reaffirm our foundation and that we begin to say, God, you know, I've drifted from you a little bit. And, you know, whether you're an older Christian or a younger Christian, maybe we just need to come back. Definitely we need to come back to a refreshing where we say, I'm tapping in again to some of the things that I know I should have been believing a bit stronger. God is with you. Is it time for you to stop drifting from Him? Is it time for you to stop being on automatic mode? Oh, sure, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I do the church thing. And, but everything else I'm really interested in. Is it time for you to scrape away some things and say, God, I am emphasizing you again. Because in this season that we are going into, not just this week, but in the next few months, we need to dig into our foundation and make sure it's certain. Amen, church. When we think of the queen, she had made her faith and coming to God's presence the bedrock of her life, the foundation of her life in all of her, everything that she did. And this guarantees where she is now. Let me show you a little picture of where she is now. I believe that she's at the feet of Jesus and she's casting the crown down on front of him and said, hey, I've worn this all my life, but it's not anything now. What about your life? With all your achievements, with all your goals, with everything that you're doing, 
I wonder if you could cast down your crowns and say, you know what, God, the sum of my life falls at your feet. And that, to some people, that sounds demeaning. But actually, because he is pure love, it's the best thing you can do with your life. Because she made that bedrock and that presence part of her life, actually, it guarantees where she is now. And King Charles said of her in his address to the nation, may flights of angels sing thee to thy rest. I want you to know something. I've got nothing against Paddington Bear. I think he's all right. There are times I keep a marmalade sandwich in my backpack too. But I want you to know something. Paddington Bear did not walk the queen into the presence of God. Angel armies surround us and carry us into the presence of God. And it will be thus in your life that when you draw your last breath, you'll be carried into the presence of God. Not by Paddington Bear, but by God's Spirit and His angels Himself. Church, I believe it. It's the bedrock of my life. Christ has forgiven my heart. He's given me a new life. I'm on the way to heaven. How about you? It's the bedrock of my life. Jesus Christ. May you have the same bedrock. Come on, let's give him praise. Come on, let's just worship him. I want to assure you today that God is with us. But also I want to ask you, how are your foundations? How are your core beliefs? How are your foundations and your bedrock? Could you dig into them one more time? 